Welcome to this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's look into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey, Show Your Scars community. I am really excited about our guest today and kind of just pumped about how well this is going overall. I've had some good feedback from you guys and want to hear more. You know, I want to help you guys through whatever injury recovery process that you're going through. And the only way I can do that is if you reach out and let me know. And the reason I'm excited about today is because I found someone Someone wrote me an email and I just wanted to share with you kind of our um, interaction via email and then why I decided that this was a good thing to share with you guys. So the email says this, hi, today your feed popped up on my Instagram and I've never felt compelled to join any kind of group, but I'll be following you. My knee problems existed past multiple ACL reconstructions. You see, following my second reconstruction, I experienced several complications complications that would end up life-threatening. By the time they got to the infection, the infection under control, my knee joint was beyond repair. I was a Division I college soccer player. I would never play competitively again. To repair the damage, I underwent a bone transplant. The complicated details of the procedure and recovery, I will spare you. At 20 years old, the process was so hopeful just to walk normally again and without assistance. I can't document the number of hours I spent in physical therapy and in the gym feeling completely isolated and alone in the battle I constantly felt I was losing. My recovery was three and a half years from my first ACL reconstruction to the recovery from my bone transplant. Fortunately, I'm too stubborn to settle for just walking. I'm now 31 and had a total of 10 surgeries on my left knee. I train individuals for soccer, I run, and I kickbox on a regular basis but it's still a battle I fight every day. So thank you for this page. We can all fight on together. A. So I respond to this saying, thank you so much, Allison, for sharing a bit of your story. Do you have a picture of your knee and your scars? And if you follow the ACL Club on Instagram, I put up that picture a couple weeks ago, um, hinting at this interview that I did. And I said, you're such a warrior. I commend you for not giving up, for fighting for normalcy and for listening to your body when it tells you that you should switch up your passions to do something that is less physically demanding. I look forward to hearing back from you. So a few more back and forth emails happen between Allison and I, and I find out that Allison and I actually used to compete against each other in club soccer days. And um, she was one of our biggest rivals. And I remember her, she was a center back, strong player. It was really cool to kind of reunite under these circumstances of how much we have overcome. So I want to dive right in and let you guys get to know Allison. And I want to warn you that this talks a lot about her um, complications with infection. And, you know, I want you to know that it doesn't infection doesn't happen to everybody, but it does happen. And you have to be aware that surgery is a big deal. And no matter what kind of surgery that is, there is a a possibility for infection. So um, Allison talks about what she felt in her knee 
um, to make her think that something was wrong and what she urges you guys to do if you have those kind of feelings. So uh, stick through the whole thing here. It's, it's long, but Allison has a lot to say and to give and to motivate you guys through this journey and kind of push through whatever you may be struggling with. How are you? This is so, I, this is so weird, by the way. I know. I, I was actually, because my dad used to take me to all of my games and stuff, and I was talking about it, and I was talking about, oh, do you remember the rush? And he was like, yeah, and I said, you'll never guess. And he thought, so he was, uh, it's just a small world. It is such a small world. So um, how did you hear or, like, find out about the ACL club? Um. So I haven't been on Instagram that long. I don't really do social media, mm-hmm. but um, you know where it has like the search yeah. and then all the different things pop up and it popped up there and it was um, it was a picture of just somebody's knee with a scar and I was like, oh, hey, that looks familiar and I clicked on it and that's what it was and so I started scrolling through and that's how. That is so I funny. Um, it randomly popped up there. What did you think right away? Uh, my first thought was that, I mean, thinking back, like, well, that would have been nice, like, 10, 15 years ago. Um, but obviously, social media is not yeah. back then. Um, but just that, I mean, somebody going through it now probably feels completely different than back before when it was, I mean, it was you and your therapist, and that was pretty much it. There was no really place to go for support right. unless you had teammates or but a lot of them can't relate if they've never done it yeah they can't you know they can so that's kind of how the whole thing started is um when the day I tore my ACL the first time I was in college and my teammate came I mean at that point I you know you tear your ACL you you know something bad has happened and yeah you automatically I don't know I just knew that it was that I was like my knee doesn't move like that it has to be something pretty major and that night I remember sitting on my couch and my teammate Tina Estrada came over and she was like we were talking about it and she was like well kid welcome to the club and I was like so pissed in that moment like absolutely pissed because I'm like I don't want to I don't want to be a part of this club and um still to this day I don't want anyone to be a part of the club like that is not my intention in making this my intention is that like through her and through a couple other people on my team, I asked them so many questions. I cried with them. They cried with me. They knew exactly what I was going through, even though their process was a little bit different than mine. And I was like, there's this community of athletes out there. You know, it doesn't matter what sport you played, what gender you are, really where you're from in the world, that we all have this scar on our knee and we have some kind of relation to each other. We're really uh, helping each other through the trials and the triumphs of this, this journey. And I wanted to kind of bring to light that community. And that, yeah, cause the first time I tore mine, I was a senior in high school. Okay. And it was, so I was, it was under 17, but I was born in August. So I was older. Okay. Um, and up until that point, nobody on my team had torn an ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in May okay. and I was, supposed to start training that fall for college for my freshman year. Um, 
but even reporting there still at that point it wasn't I don't want to say epidemic, but there was no, I was still the only one in therapy, Mm -hmm. the soccer program. Where did you go to school? Cal State Fullerton. Okay. So there wasn't a really big community at that point. It was, I mean, I met people in therapy for other injuries, um, other athletes, but at that point it was really just me. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think it's getting so much more predominant like why is it happening more I think just the the level of the sport as the the demands on your body increase I mean you just see the I mean some people like you look at them now like they're out running and you could say okay you have a higher chance just based on your what we know now yeah 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 um but take that same person versus somebody who doesn't have, say, a biomechanic advantage, and you put them in these stressful situations yeah. where they're pushing their bodies, they're, everything is harder, everything is faster. And More quantity, their, their bodies are exhausted. Yeah. You know, those factors that um, we kind of put ourselves in, in our own and way. That that just as the level of sport goes up, the demands on the body get higher and you just have a higher chance of doing it. And the longer you do it for, eventually, yeah, you know, you step wrong. I mean, the first one I did, I just planted and turned. There was no contact whatsoever. Something I'd done a million times. And I mean, I hit the ground knowing. Doesn't it boggle your mind? Like I think about this all the time, how, like the littlest thing, like you get in these humongous tackles. Like I remember playing against you. You were a tough defender and you get in these huge tackles and your body is absolutely fine. And then you take a step and it's like, that's it. Yeah. Mine was literally, I mean, I could, I could give you a play by play cause I could see it to mm-hmm. this day. But I mean, one-on-one, the girl came, pushed the ball by, I planted and turned and I mean, I hit the ground and that was, yeah. Can you still feel it? Cause I can still feel it sometimes. And it really gives me the willies. Uh, you know, my knee is so yeah um, jacked up, but, <laughs> but I feel like when I move it, it like crackles and pops and oh my gosh, we could have an orchestra. I'm sure with both of our knees. Yeah. It's one of those things where, I mean, I could still, picture it I can still see yeah. it. I can still see the second one as well yeah. um right. so your two it was on the same knee or a different knee same knee all everything on the same knee okay so um I know we had you when you re- originally reached out we talked about your scars and kind of um the severity of your your total injury and um I think it's important that you share kind of what you were feeling because it was the second time that um, everything kind of um, spiraled out of control. control. I think it's important um, because I want to know how you were feeling in those moments where did you feel like something was wrong and did you not say something? And if so, why didn't you say something? The first one, I mean, at 17, it was you know, I had surgery and it was gung-ho. Like I knew, you know, the minimum they'll release you is six months. So I gave myself, okay, six months, 
-hmm. and I'm out of here. I'm done with this. And I remember through the first one having a, a pretty positive attitude. Yeah. And then I got cleared in December and I retour in January. Hmm. So it was right do you, after. Do you, do you, why do you feel like you did? Or do you think about that? Or um... Part of it, I mean, I don't think six months is long enough Thank you. to completely. Yeah, I don't think so either get everything the way it needs to be to go out and put yourself in that situation again. Um, but that's what the protocol was. And they were the doctors and they said, you're good to go. And a lot of this process exactly. is you as a human have to put your trust in other people. And of course they don't want you to be injured. They don't want you to get re-injured, but um, they too have restrictions on themselves. Like they are only allowed to give you a certain amount of visits because your PT only gives you a certain amount of visits. So, um, you know, it's like one of those don't hate the player, hate the game. Like the system's broken. Like you need more than six months. You need more than 20 PT visits to be right. fully healthy. And um, it's that in, in I would categorize that in, in what you were saying in this gray area that I'm trying to address is, yes, I've been cleared by PT, but I need to invest in myself, in my full back to like, you still have a good six months to be 100%. Yeah, I, I mean, when they say, okay, you're cleared, I went from, okay, I'm cleared to, it was a, we were at Cal State Fullerton, it was right before spring season started, mm -hmm. and some of the guys on the men's team called me and a few of the girls and said, hey, we're going to play a pickup game, and I'm, okay, sure, I'm yeah. cleared. Yeah. And I mean, I went out there, no reservations, because at that point, up until everything I was doing, I felt good. I felt strong. I felt confident that, okay, you know, I'm just going to go out there. And I mean, it's like riding a bike. Somebody says, totally, you know, you're good to go cleared after six months of being told, slow down, slow down, slow down. That, that competitor um, in us is like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. Right. I mean, you tell me you're clear to run. I'm gonna go run 10 miles if you don't stop me, because mm -hmm. that's just the mentality that you have. And so we went out there and the second one was contact. Um, okay. It was, I was standing and then one of the guys had his back to me shielding the ball and he lost his balance and fell back into me. Okay. And the way that we fell, my knee was caught and just an awkward underneath. Ugh. And I mean, I hit the ground and... I mean, I knew at yeah. that point. Were you hysterical? And at that point, it was, I mean, it was pure devastation that I just finished mm -hmm. and I just got cleared and you're telling me that now I have to do it again. Did and you cry? Do you remember that moment? Like, were you, I, what were I your feelings right there? ground and one of my good friends on the team, she was there and... I remember coming over and her trying to, to tell me it's not, it's not that, it's not that, um, you know, you're, you know, you're just, you're sensitive to it. It's, it's going to be fine. And, uh, I called up my surgeon that day, hysterical. And he said, well, come in and we'll test it. Mm -hmm. And I went and he tested it and he said, no, it's, your ACL is fine. And I thought, well, okay, then 
okay, maybe, maybe I am just super scared at that point, you know? Um, but it was also very, it swelled a lot more the second time. Okay. So, um, when I went to, so that, that surgeon was not, we had Kaiser, so he was out of our network. Okay. So, but then my, our coach said, go to, go to Kaiser, because that's who I had insurance through, and just, just make sure. Right. And at that point, it had been like two weeks before I could get in there, and so the swelling had gone down, and even at that point, like, I still wasn't convinced that everything's fine. It just didn't feel... Did it feel weird? Yeah. And it just, it, it, the, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. And I think just subconsciously your gut feeling tells you, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not right. So I went there. He tested and tells me, nope, your, your ACL, you're done. And I was like, that's, that's wonderful. You know, I just finished and now you're telling me, here we go again. And so this was... Do you get a little emotional just thinking about that? You look a little... I mean, I get emotional hearing that. The thought that... That was the beginning of the end, and I didn't even know it. Yeah. At that point, it was... Once I got over the initial shock... Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can, even to this day, I'm a very competitive person. I don't think that part ever goes away. Right. So... Once the initial shock, okay, yeah. you're going to have to do this again. My thought was, okay, now we're in February. If I give myself six months, I can still make it back before the fall season. And that was, that was my goal. Okay, fine, I'll miss spring. That's not the end of the world. I'll be back by fall. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's do surgery. Let's just, we're going to do it. Let's just do it now. Okay. Get it over with. Yeah. So they operated. Um... I started back like a normal ACL therapy, all that. I yeah. was, it was four weeks to the day from surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, at a month out, you're walking. Yeah. You know, kind of, you're, I had a, the brace on still, but I was. Right. You're moving a little better. Yeah. And I woke up one morning and it was just sore. And sore, when you say sore, you mean your pain when I was walking, like I would step down and it was painful. Okay. It wasn't like muscle sore. Cause pain. I think that's an important distinction to, you know, there was joint, there was like your bone hurt. Yeah. Yes. It was joint pain, not okay. muscle soreness. Yeah. And then the second day it didn't go away. Did you say anything that first day? Not the first day. No, yeah. I thought maybe I just pushed it too hard. Okay. Yeah, yeah. PT. Um, the second day, I was at PT and I left because I was this. It was hurting, and I at that point I'm starting to get frustrated because like I'm on a. I got. You feel a like you're doing everything right. You're yeah. like, what's this hold up? And you know, I've I've got yeah. X amount of time, and this is this is setting me back. Um, the third day was Friday and at that point I couldn't walk. So I had, um, must've been Thursday night. I called my surgeon and said something, something's not right. I don't feel well. I I don't 
I feel like something is wrong, not just in my knee, but just me. Did you like feel something. sick or you felt like your gut was telling you something? No, I felt sick. Like, you know, um, everything just kind of hurt. Yeah, like you had an achy, like a, vi- like a, a virus. Like a flu. Like flu, okay. running a fever. Yep. Yep. Um, you have just those kind of symptoms, and I couldn't walk. So he said, um, I'm going to be in the PT clinic uh, in Orange County where school was um, at 7 a.m., so be there. And I said, okay. Uh, my roommate had to drive me because my car was sick shift oh, and uh, couldn't that drive. Wasn't, that wasn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. So she drove me there. My thank mom goodness. Me- oh, okay. I was like, thank goodness you had someone with you because. Yeah. So my mom met me there and he took me back and they drained my knee. Um, I don't know if you've ever. I never had that done. So it looks like, you know, like those old school, like soccer pumps? Yeah. Where it's round with the needle on the end. They'll look like that, for lack of a better way to describe okay. it. And they stick it in the joint and they pull fluid out. And I was laying there and they had to have um, a, one of the other nurses or doctors, I don't remember now, hold my knee down. And then he went in there with it. And I remember laying there and I remember dropping an F-bomb and apologizing for it after. Because it hurt so bad. Yeah, but the when they pull it out, it's like when they take blood, it's Yeah, clear. it's like a syringe. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, yellow and pus. And I have a tendency to crack jokes at inappropriate times and uh, basically said that, like, I'm not a doctor, but that that's bad. Like, <laughs> you don't yeah. need to be to know that that is bad mm-hmm. and at that point I think it was they didn't hit the panic button yet because I mean people have infections it's not unheard of but a staph right. infection you know I mean it happens usually closer you know a couple of days after surgery a month right. after kind of pushing it right um but they ended up operating that night okay um They just washed the knee joint out, hoping to get rid of whatever was there. Um, So that was Friday. And then Sunday, that Sunday, they rinsed it out again. Um, So you stayed in the hospital? Yes. Are you, like, isolated at all, or is this... No, I was in... I couldn't tell you what ward. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, But they... I was there for, I think, a total of, like, five days. Okay. And they put me on antibiotics. Um, the problem started when they sent the fluid to the lab and it came back negative saying everything's fine. No infection, no problem. And clearly was not the case. Right. So problem number one was that they didn't know what they were treating. So kind of just started. They just knew it wasn't right. So they were like, okay, let's try to flush something out. Yeah, so here's a heavy-duty antibiotic. I actually had to run an IV machine through my, do all the stuff, hook myself up to an IV in my dorm room. Oh, wow. To run these antibiotics. And for the next, it's probably about seven months, it would just go in a circle. So I would go in, they would flush the knee out. They would put me on a different antibiotic, 
go home and that antibiotic would seem to work. I would start to get better, better, better. And then usually around six weeks, I would relapse. So I would start wow. getting fevers, more pain, um, the around like the, the knee joint and especially like around the incision is hot to the touch. Okay. Um, you basically, you feel like you have the flu. For me, it was amplified because No, Allison, are you still there? Hold, okay, hold on. Can you see me? Yeah, my Starbucks Wi-Fi. Um, shout out to Starbucks, yeah. but it uh, just cut out for a second. So you said my symptoms am were amplified. Uh oh. Can you see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you are. Okay. 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 Try again. Say. Um. um yeah. What would? Oh, you're frozen. Uh oh. I wonder if it's because my my sister just tried to call me. So oh. I don't know if, if that like messed it up. This is so, I feel so awesome right now sitting in the parking lot of Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know why, but it would hit like I would be getting better, getting better, getting better, and then all of a sudden within a couple days just intense, like everything would just come yeah. back fast and, and furious. The last time, so the, I mean, this cycle went on and went on, and they couldn't, they couldn't find where it was coming from. So they, and they didn't know what they were treating. So it was a big mystery to everybody that everything in the lab is saying you're fine, where clearly you're not. Yeah. And the, the last time was the worst. Um, I don't remember, but apparently I called my mom. Yeah. And I was babbling incoherently. Um, and so she came, they lived like 30 minutes away. Okay. So she came to the dorms. Yeah. Came upstairs to my room. Uh, I don't remember any of this. Um, threatened to call the ambulance to come and get me if I didn't get into the car. Um, got to the hospital. Uh, at that point, my surgeon was on like speed dial and on call I walked into the emergency room at that hospital and they called him yeah but at that point I mean they wanted to do a blood transfusion they I mean, they didn't know what was going on um, did you in in this whole process like did you still have hope or were you like were there moments of just like like hopelessness like I don't know what to do the the bad part is, is that honestly, I don't remember a lot of it. Mm. I remember pain. I remember being in extreme amounts of pain. Um, but I, between the antibiotics and the painkillers, um, I mean, I have like snippets of things that I remember. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, there's parts like my mom or dad or my brother would you know, say something like, oh, do you remember this? And I have no recollection mm. of any of it. And towards the end, the problem was that, you know, the there's a capsule around your knee that holds the fluid. Right. Up until that point, the infection had stayed within 
that joint capsule. Which is and kind of a miracle in of itself. <laughs> there, the fear was if it gets out, then you go into septic shock. Right. And that's lethal. So towards the, around seven months, it was kind of, I mean, they're starting to panic at that point because they can't get rid of it. And each time I go in, it's getting harder and harder. Yeah, to, I would imagine. Because you're it, trying to get different antibiotics each time to fight something different. Or they, so they think. Yeah, they, I mean, basically they were flying blind at that point. So finally, towards the end, they decided they were going to take all the hardware out. They were going to take out the screws and everything from the ACL graft. Um, and once they did that, they found that behind the screw was the, a little pocket. And, you know, when they put the screw in, they drill through the bone. Mm -hmm. And so the infection was down in the bone and following that up into my knee joint. Mm. And that's why it was going up there. So once they found where it was coming from, they could go in, wash it out. And that was the end. Just like, just like that. They go in, put me on antibiotics for a few weeks and it's gone. Wow. I mean, and, when your doctor saw that, like, did he, did he talk to your family? Cause when you get out of surgery, right, you don't really, you don't have any idea what's going on. So they talked to your family and like, did he come out of that surgery saying like, I found it? He, well, the, the, the thing was the surgery before that, he told my mom that she needed to be prepared if I didn't make it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my gosh. So, I might cry. And, this last, the last one, yeah, he came out and was basically said, we got it. We found it. We got it. And that should be the end. What was your and parents' reaction to that? At that point for them, I think it was just relief that, I mean, I don't think the whole soccer thing at that point even crossed their mind. You were alive. Like, you were alive. At, yeah, at, the, at that point, that was their... Um, but I, I think for me, hey, is Nori getting ready? Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're going to have it done. So I'm going to get it ready and okay. then your mom's going to take it. Okay. I'll meet her there. Um, and so for me, it was at that point that I kind of started, once I came out of that and started feeling mm. coherent. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, through it all, like, I knew it's not good, obviously, if you have this infection in there. I didn't know the extent of the damage being done. Yeah. Um, so initially, yeah, I still had, okay, well, you got it. That's great. My ACL was still intact. Miraculously, the, the graft made it through everything, even when they took the hardware out. It yeah. was still functioning. Okay. So for me at that point it was okay. Well, let's let's get right back on the horse. Like I lost really, a lot of, but like you were now, just like itching. Like uh, let's at, let's try. At that point it was more like you know what everybody said. I mean, because at that point it. I mean, college is such a small yeah community. window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or community. Okay. You know what's going on? Okay. And, and I was still trying to go to school through all of this. So people would see me. I mean, 
there were times I remember, I don't remember coherently, but I remember hearing stories um, like I threw up in class. I had an IV break in class and start bleeding out everywhere. I mean, it was, this was, Goodness. people were talking about I mean, all kinds of weird things that were going on with me. Wow. Um, so at that point, it was more for me, just like, I didn't want to be like, okay, well, yeah, this really bad thing happened. So I'm just going to hang them up and say to hell with it. Like, I'm not done. I don't feel like I'm ready to stop. So to hell with what the, the doctors are saying right now. Like, you don't know me. You don't know anything about me. All you know is what your little paper says, and I'm not buying it. Yeah. Well, um, I would imagine your trust in doctors at this point is a little yeah. broken. At that point, it was, well, you know, you don't need to play. And for me, at this point, like, you don't get to tell me what to do. Yeah. So it wasn't until a couple months after there's no... Sorry, she doesn't need to pick up cereal. She doesn't. Okay. Um, sorry. No, that's uh, fine. So a couple months after, when the infection's gone, and through, I had the same physical therapist through all of this, even though I couldn't really do anything. Yeah, but that's great. I just, just yeah. yeah. I went like five days a week. Um, even though, I mean, I couldn't actually do any, I mean, I would do the arm bike or just anything, but that's where I went because, um, I don't know, that's where I felt comfortable. I'm still friends with them, actually. I had lunch with one of them last week. Aww. So, um, and because for them, too, it was pretty traumatic. I mean, I was I was only 17, 18 years old. For sure. I mean, you know. And you, I mean, the page, the relationship you create with your physical therapist is like, it's an intimate relationship because... Yeah. You are um, going through a, a deep, I mean, for you, that was a very intense process. And there's a lot of emotions that are coming up. And um, to have someone consistent throughout the whole thing, I'm sure, was a real, it was nice and kind of comforting in a way. And, and to be there, it was, I didn't have to talk about it if I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, there wasn't the pity I think that a lot of people showed, which was horrible. Um, at that point, like, if you want to empathize with me or if you want to be supportive, that's fine. But don't pity me because that's not going to help me at all. And they didn't do that. At no point did they look at me with that look of like, oh, this is so horrible and I can't believe this. You know, there was always a very positive you come in, you can talk if you want to talk. If you, some days I didn't want to talk. I just want to go in and be by myself, but you're there. And if I want to talk, we can. Um, How important that was that for you? At that point, I think it was the, really the only thing that kept me from just losing it. Because once, once, you come to and realize that not only are the doctors saying you probably shouldn't, mm-hmm. but getting back into it, your body is saying you probably shouldn't. I think that was the hardest part is trying to push something that wasn't, wasn't ever going to be able to be done. Not because 
I wasn't strong enough or I wasn't good enough. Yep. But your body is saying, I can't do it. And I think that's one of the the hardest things about, um, you know, just this rehab. Like some people face that, like with their first ACL, some people face that. Some people face that with their third ACL, their second one. You know, there's there's these moments where that happens. And as athletes, we we are tough, man. We have been through some rough things and pushed through some tough things. And the fact that we can't push through something, I think, is really disheartening to us. I think that's one of the biggest blows was, I mean usually you can't do something, you push harder. Totally. You get through it, Mm -hmm. and you're better for it. But no matter how hard I push, because what happened was that the infection had basically destroyed the cartilage. I had no cartilage in my knee, and it had gotten into the bone, and it had actually started to degenerate the bone. Wow. And... So at that point, if you're thinking about it, basically your knee is just coming down and it's painful. But was that because of the infection, it continued to degenerate. It was in the bone and it would continue unless something was done. So it can progressively got worse okay. just over time. That they couldn't stop it at that point because the it was degeneration. The, the degeneration. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And so at that point, the the only way to stop it was to remove it, which is um, at nineteen twenty. So they had to wait a year of no infection before they would consider anything. Okay. Um, so I was twenty, and. A knee replacement at 20 for a relatively active person means that every seven, eight years for the rest of my life, I would have to have a knee replacement. And that seemed like an awfully big commitment at 20. Um, So they found this guy and basically what they did was cut that bone out, big chunk, and replace it with a cadaver screw it in there and the bone that they replaced had a meniscus on it and it it was healthy and the goal was that as your body turns over bone it basically becomes your own yeah okay and it has since they couldn't regrow cartilage this already had healthy cartilage on it Mm -hmm. and so they did that in my tibia and then they had to cut holes in my femur and plug those as well um so we we did that and sometime in that year in between realizing what was, right, i'm gonna get ready for work okay. on the couch okay um so okay um realizing what was happening and I couldn't stop it. There was nothing I could do at that point yeah. to stop it. And I think knowing that you're done and having somebody tell you that you're done, that was 
it was my sophomore year and I was still I was still rostered as a member of the team mm-hmm. and my coach um, I mean how I ended up at Fullerton that's a weird story but it actually worked out in the fact that I knew the coach very well my family was close by so having all of this right happen um, but he let me suit up for one game it was our last home game and he let me you know they call your names everybody goes out and then they play the national anthem and so one game he let me start so I would be at least recorded mm-hmm. as the being there at all. And it was kind of after that that he kind of said, you know, you're done. The talking to the doctors, it's just, at that point it was, I think I was doing more myself yeah. than recovery. Yeah. Um, not only physically, but I think psychological. Are you there? Yeah, now I am. Oh, can you see me? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think at that point, it was just detrimental to myself to keep pushing and pushing and I was done. That I yeah. would, not only in college, but I mean. Just for I could never pass a medical. There's no way to hide it. I mean, you look at my knee, and and you could. Yeah. There's no way, and. I want to know what you felt. Did you know that was your last game, and and what did you feel? Because I have tears in my eyes thinking about that. Um. Ah, let's see. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I remember knowing, I remember it was October 17th, um, I remember my family, they were all there, um, my best friend had come up from San Diego, um, and I just remember feeling that. It sounds childish, but that it wasn't fair. I think think that's that's definitely fair to feel that way. um, That looking back, I mean, I had, in my mind, I had made every right choice. I had. I got good grades. I got a full ride scholarship. I went to class. I didn't party. I didn't do all these things. I trained harder and longer than anybody, Mm -hmm. but yet it happened to me. Yeah. And it wasn't something that I did or didn't do. It was something that was completely out of my hands, Mm -hmm. completely out of my control. And I just, I wasn't ready. Yeah. At 20 years old, 19 at that point, I just, I wasn't ready. And I didn't feel like at the end of my career, you know, I, I hung them up. I feel like somebody took them. Yeah. Like someone stole them away from you. 
Yeah, and somebody else. And you were grabbing and pulling, you were dragging, like, trying to hold on to it. And I remember standing out on the field when they were playing the national anthem, just being so angry Mm. that, that that was it. Not only was I out here because this was the only game I would start, but I couldn't even run off the field that I had to walk because I couldn't run. And I mean, I couldn't even walk normally at that point. It was yeah. more of a, um, a, a limp because I, I, during the infection, I could never get extension. So you kind of walk with mm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You've seen walk. Do um, you, do you look back now and, um, are you thankful for that day or is it still really like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to put emotions or like feelings into you, but like, are you thankful for that? Okay. Bye. (laughs) Husband. Yeah. Um, I mean, in a way, yes, because I think for my parents too, it was a hard day. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure for everyone that was touched by you, I'm sure every one of your teammates, did your team win that day? I couldn't even tell you. You were so in, yeah. I I, I remember sitting on the bench, just completely. In a different world. Yeah. So many things. Yeah. That. Well, if I had done this, or if I hadn't have done that, or... Have you forgiven yourself? Because it's not your fault. Sometimes. um, Sometimes it's just... What if? Yeah, and it'll drive you crazy. It will drive you crazy. And the hardest times... um, Like, I have friends who play... um, for the English national team, I have some girls that I played with made appearances on the U.S. team and mm-hmm. in the women's league. And as happy as you are for them, there's still, like during the Women's World Cup, there's still that part of you that just burns. And, I mean, I would have rather somebody told me you weren't good enough. I could have yeah. lived that. I could have lived with you just, you weren't good enough because, okay, you know what? I gave it my best shot and that's it. But for somebody to just say, you can't even have a go, then it feels like, well, what did I do? I mean, it's such, what happened to me is a one in a bajillion chances. Yeah. What would happen? Totally. But I think that, um, that exact scenario is different, but I think that feeling is so real. And I don't know if I would have expressed it the exact same way that you did. But now that you just said that, I feel the same way. Like, tell me I'm not good enough. Don't tell me, like, your injuries are going to cause you to never be able to get there. Yeah. Because that hurts. That way, it's. You feel weak and you're not. And I feel like that it has it defines so much where in reality I don't feel like that's what should have defined 
so much of my life. Right. You know, yeah. and to be defined by an injury, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it changed the whole, the way I looked at myself, the way I thought of who I was, because now all of a sudden at 19 years old, everything that I had done up until that point was gone. And now it was, okay, well, what are you going to do now? I have no idea. I've never even thought about this moment coming at this time. Well, well, tell tell us who Allison is then. (laughs) Seriously, tell us who you are because, yeah, you're so many things. And I think it still includes some of those things that you were at that point, too. Um, Now I'm a mom of two daughters, um, seven and four. Um, my oldest is me reincarnated. Um, <laughs> You're like, oh I goodness. You, for, yeah. <laughs> loathe her for at the same time <laughs> sometimes. Um, and really at this point, it's more like neither. My oldest is very athletic. Um, she doesn't, she played soccer um, because mom played and she still has that. You know, she wants to watch the games with me, and I still have friends who play, and, you know, she likes watching them, but she does taekwondo, which she's really into, so I'm happy to let her take that on, and here comes number two right now. Hold on. Wait for it. Oh, she can get the door open. Hold on. Okay, you want to say hi and then you want to sit over there quietly? Oh my gosh, I love your hair. That's what my hair normally looks like. Hi. hi. This is Brenna. Hi, Brenna. I'm Jordan. Say hi. I used to play soccer against your mommy. I know. Oh. <laughs> um, so you're a mom, but you're so many other things too. You're still an athlete. I, you know what? She can stay here. She's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, it's fine. Um, I don't think I ever lost as far as competing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have that. If I'm going to go do something, I want to be good at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel that, on that. Yeah. I've. I like to do things that I'm good at. Um, But as far as being an athlete, or, I mean, the same things that drove me then still drive me now. As far as, you know, I know that if I'm going to go run five miles tomorrow, I'm going to pay for it. But in that moment, you know what? it's, It's worth it because I can yeah because 10 years ago maybe I couldn't right so as far as not taking that for granted and doing things now just because I can because I'm here to do it number one but because when they said hey you know what hopefully you'll be able to walk normally like that's not okay like that you're not going to tell me that that's as far as I'm ever going to go. And so that mentality, 
Yeah. That it's like a little bit of stubbornness, you know, like, no. Yeah. I, yeah. like, you're, you're underestimating me, and I, I think that's really, I think you, you have the ability to choose still, you know, and I think that's a really powerful thing that with this last surgery that you had, you were given that choice back. I think that's a really good way to look at it that I, here, go play ABC now. Is that I still have that choice, mm -hmm. and I can choose to continue to feel bad for myself and continue to be upset about it, or I can choose to say, you know what, a really crappy thing happened, but sorry, her toy. Welcome back. Yeah. Can you guys sit on the couch, please? Come on, we can finish talking. We're almost done, sweetheart. Just a few more minutes. Look at the chips are right there, too. Rosie's going to get them. Okay, just stand right there, then you're good right there. Or if you can sit down right there. Go, go under the chair. Like, go under the chair. But I think that's a very good way to look at it, is that you have that choice. Yeah. And that of all the things that I did lose, I didn't lose my ability to say you can go this way or you can go that way. Yeah. And I think as long as you keep moving forward and, I mean, if anything good comes out of it, then I, mean, I might not know the reason why. There's so many happened. good things. I mean, I'm not saying that this wouldn't have happened to you, but like... I sit here as your daughter comes in and I'm like listening to your story and thinking like, how blessed are you that you are here to have two, like you're a mom of two probably phenomenal girls and like you get to watch them and you know, that might not have happened. And like, that's, that's yeah, absolutely it wouldn't have happened because I mean, there were so many other things Yeah, that, had that not happened, I wouldn't have, yep. if I had to choose back then, well, I would have kept playing. Yep. And so, I mean, absolutely there are things that, that happen that, that are good. That you can only like, that you can only really look back now and be like, okay. Right. In the moment you can't appreciate that. Because no. Yeah. It's, it's such an internal fight yeah. with yourself that I, don't, I just feel like you have, when you go through something like that, you really have to choose what kind of person you want to come out on the other side. Because some people, I mean, if you let it, it can destroy you mentally in your outlook on so many things. Mm -hmm. If you... Even just one, I feel like, if, if you're not prepared for what you're actually going to have to go through, yeah. I mean, it can, it can knock you pretty hard, let alone again yeah. and again. Is there something that you would tell yourself during this, or still tell yourself? Some, is there a quote that you always go back to, or some kind of affirmation that keeps you strong in moments of, man, this sucks? 
for me, it's just more of a a knowing that. I mean, I can run. I can't run every day, but yeah. I can run. Um, I can go train on grass, and I do. Mm-hmm. I I can. So every time that I go out to do something that they told me you're not going to be able to do for me that that's enough like your heart smiles yeah a a part of me says you know what I didn't make it back to where I was but I made it farther than any of you and your little science books (laughs) oh that's so awesome you told me that I couldn't so I did Allison, that's and awesome. That, um, so for me, even, I mean, there are days I go out and, yeah, I mean, that's my mentality is that I can. Yeah. At this point in my life, right. I can. And I'm here to do it. Yeah. Who are your friends that you were talking about that still play, um, maybe from college or from club that you were talk- you were mentioning earlier? Um, Karen Bardsley. Yeah. The goalkeeper. Yep. England and plays for Man City mm-hmm. now. Um, she was at Fullerton. Okay. With, and we actually played um, not on the Slammers. She was a year older. Um, I played a year up for a while. Okay. Um, so I played with her like under 12, under 13, and then again in college. Um, so she, one of my friends, he actually just retired. Um, strange enough, he was on the Sounders. This past year, yeah. Um, so he uh, he's a good friend of my, Michael Farfan. Yeah, two. yeah. Twin. Uh, yes, Gabriel. Yeah. I didn't um, know he retired. Cool. Yeah, he he decided he was he was done. Um, but we met in college, and he's one of my closest friends. So he's yeah. one of the people who he's very um mellow usually across the board so he was actually a freshman when I was a senior and he was we would go out on the field in the evening for just hours when everybody else was they were done they trained and they went home and we would go out there and play um different games juggling games mostly yeah but just for hours and I'm just, I I was just going to say, I'm excited to share this because I think a lot of your friends who, um, you know, know you so well and that are still playing and will love to, I mean, with your permission, I would love to share this because I think that it was such a good story. And for me, it's like real life, right? Like part of the ACL club is like sitting in these moments. Like I cried, you cried because it's real like this is the reality of it your husband comes in you have kids I'm sitting in a Starbucks parking lot like just so we can talk this is and I look like I have this funny like um glow from above but oh six right five six yeah six um but I just I imagine anyone that hears this is going to be inspired by you and I think that um, when you hear this back and when your family and your friends hear this, you are going to realize your own strength. And maybe that's something that, you know, I call this show your scars. And um, one of the hashtags I use with all the, the ACL club um, social media is share your strength. And I think it's show your scars and share your strength 
to me because our scars symbolize all this, right? But when we start to share, we realize not only are we inspiring others, but we're finding within us like, wow, I did that. And I think as far as the scars, I mean, it's a, it's a physical reminder. You look down and you can't hide it. It's there every single day. And for me, I mean, after all of this happened, I didn't wear shorts yeah. for probably three years. It, it made me extremely uncomfortable because I had this huge scar. I mean, if you look, there's actually about four Mm -hmm. prominent scars um my left leg is still smaller than my right leg Mm -hmm. um, will always be but it made me uncomfortable and it made me feel like I mean people noticed it probably reminded you too and at that point you weren't ready for that and at this point in my life I mean I'll put on a pair of shorts and you can stare all you want and you know what it doesn't bother me and if you Mm -hmm. have a question you can ask Usually I start with, oh, what happened? I usually like to go with um, shark attack. That's what <laughs> I go to. And um, I find people are hesitant to say, no, you're lying. So they kind of roll with it for a little like, while. Oh. So I can't keep a straight face anymore. <laughs> but I, mean, I can talk about it now and it doesn't yeah. bother me. Um, yeah. I can wear shorts. I can be in a wedding and wear a short dress and say that's just part of it. And... Mm. To me, it's like, okay, it doesn't always look nice, but that's a part of who I am, and it doesn't, it doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. And it's, you know, for a lot of people who have asked, like, yeah, it's, it's a story, but it's not all bad at this point. Wow. So there's, there's so cool. that came of it, and yeah. if I can... Some days, don't get me wrong, but in a particularly bad moment, it can creep up on you if you're not paying attention. But most of the time, I can take it for what it is, and it happened. And mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I'm I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I do and go places. I mean, I've traveled to different countries to watch soccer games. I've done things and seen things that I feel okay about it. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's so cool, Allison. I am so happy that you got on Instagram and we got this weird connection back from our... However, I am a little upset about a regional semi-final, I think it was. It was the finals. Yeah. (laughs) And we lost. And I remember being pissed off about that. For a while. Yeah, U15, right? We went in, we won nationals that year. It was overtime, right? I want to say it was an overtime. We had the best rivalry, I think, in girls' youth soccer. Like, you guys were so... It was like we both played really good soccer, too. So I think that's why we, like, hated playing one another because we knew we were in for, like, such a battle. It was like a, yeah, it was like going to war. Like, I felt like I had to lace up my, my armor and get out there, and I knew for <laughs> oh 90 my gosh. games were back then, it was yeah. going to take a beating. Yep. So Once you said Caroline I, Lee, do you know Caroline Lee? I was like, oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, you know, know. Car- Caroline tore ACL, too, in college, and now she's an iron woman. Is she? Yeah, she's a friggin' stud. Wow. I know. That's 
think. I know. And I, why that name? And I, I couldn't, like, put a face to the name, but I don't, maybe it's because I just heard people yelling it all the time Caroline, on the field. Caroline. But yeah. that's the, the name, <laughs> and I just remember Blonde. And yeah. I think she was at regional camp for yeah. ODP. Yeah, that's probably where you. The same, the same time I was. Yeah. And, but yeah, I just remember, oh, the, for no, I mean, other than you guys were good, we really had no reason to hate no. you. No, that was just, that's the nature of sports. You already said it. You're so competitive. Yeah, that you know that this team's legit. And so, yeah, yeah, it was. I love it. Well, maybe one day our kids will have a right battle. I got to get some first, so. You can borrow mine. Okay, we'll co- create yeah. our own. <laughs> you have curly hair, right? I'll send the blonde. Perfect. Sounds good. I'll, good. I'll, I'll, I'll email you my address. Just ship yeah. it over. Clearly, um, she didn't get the blonde for me. Yeah, right. Um, seriously, thank you so much for your time. Well, and, thank you. And I'm excited. Um, you know, hopefully we can do some more things in the future, and I really think that this is going to help a lot of people. Okay, and if there's anything that, I mean, I don't know exactly the kind of things that you guys do, but yeah, if there's anything yeah. that you guys need help or involvement, I mean, I think it's a great cause, and I would definitely like to... I help in any way just because somebody going through it now I mean you never want someone to go through what you went through same with me and that's why I'm here and I I will tap into that resource for sure Um, I would love your help I hope you guys enjoyed that talk I had with Allison she is a wonderful person mother Uh, athlete still I think that's one of the things that she's realizing that she's still an athlete you know one of the hardest things when you get injured is so much of who we are is our sport and who we are for that sport and when you get taken away from it it's a real big reality check like who else am I and Allison is proving that we are such dimensional humans and it was really cool to hear her tell that story for the first time to someone who has wasn't a part of it. Um, She shared that with me. She's never shared that before to anyone else that is outside of her kind of circle and that she found so much growth in the process. Um, Couldn't be more proud of her and I'm really thankful that she shared her story with us. So hope you guys enjoyed it and if you want to share your story, make sure you hit us up, info at the ACLclub.com. Um, any, any injuries really, that's just my company is the ACL Club, but Show Your Scars is really about so much more than that. And I want you guys to know that, that um, whenever you're getting, getting, whenever you get taken away from your sport and you have to come back, that's, that's what the essence of Show Your Scars is, I think, that mentality, the perseverance, the persistence you acquire in that in-between that gets you back to what you love to do and maybe even shapes some new things that you love to do. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you guys. Go out and show your scars with pride.